You are now listening to the Master Jmehan Podcast. Episode 7 Satanic Principle of Human Control Number 2 To Have No Wants In our last episode, we explored the number one principle of satanic mind control training and ultimate inner world building. The desire to remove any needs from a child except that which is determined as needful by the occult. We also explored how the same principle is used on society in general, for more or less the same effect. In this episode, we will explore the second principle of satanic programming, to have no wants. All parents know that one of the lessons kids need to learn is to distinguish needs from wants. This is a normal lesson, and it is not an easy one. At first, children, and sadly many immature adults, think that their wants are their needs. In terms of psychopaths, sociopaths, and extreme narcissists, it is the same thing. The less self-absorbed among us know that wants are important, but not always possible, and that needs are paramount first. If you have not listened to the previous podcast, you should. In fact, you need to, so that this one will make more sense. But... Do what you want. (laughs) What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. Now, this is where I was born. I was born in Kenya. Unless we take the action necessary and we build in a greener and more sustainable and more inclusive way, then we will end up having more and more pandemics and disasters from ever-accelerating global warming and climate change. Wise leaders always put the good of their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Here in Israel, they're making this green passport where the population cannot get into theaters or malls or all sorts of things. They're creating a medical apartheid. There would be an enormous economic collapse prior to the revealing. The stock market would destabilize. It would make the Great Depression look like Sunday school. Let's step into the darkness. Or as the Luciferians trigger, time to shake your tail feathers. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bob Hope. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our big themes. Sex, persecution, adultery, and cannibalism. Some gift that's like getting a liver transplant from Dean Martin. Once a child is traumatized into having no needs, but the ones that they are told to have, the next goal is for the child to have no wants, but those wanted for him or her by Lucifer. One does instantly recall Lucifer's original plan in heaven to do away with free will and force all people to be good. This plan was rejected and ultimately resulted in his fall from the heavens. Now, the ability to have no personal wants, but that which Lucifer ordains, is an outgrowth of having no personal needs. It is actually just an acceleration of the first step. Again, the child is left alone without food, water, or stimulus for long periods of time. 
If you can stand the tears, do an internet search on the life of Caspar Hauser of Bulgaria, an Illuminati test subject, to understand what this can be like. Periodically, a trainer will enter with a large pitcher of water or a large plate of food. The adult will enjoy these in front of the child. If the child asks for anything, the child will be savagely beaten and mocked for being weak and needy. The child is taught to have no wants unless an item is offered from a higher up first. Thus the old school. A child should be seen, not heard. Again, the reason for this, the occult says, is to create a child who is strong <clears throat> and can go without food and water for longer and longer periods of time. The real reason this is done is that it creates a child who is completely disassociated from his or her own comfort needs and who becomes afraid to ask outside adults for any help or rescue they want. In time, this will extend to God as well. The occult knows that their children, who have reached up to God, have been given, in time, the strength to escape. Sometimes at that very moment, but more often when they are teenagers or adults. The occult wants to reinforce that having no wants, including not wanting to escape, or wanting God's help is not to be wanted as well. The side effect of this is to create in the child a hypervigilance so that he or she learns to look to adults for clues on when it is okay to fulfill needs and never trust his or her own body signals or internal voices. The child is already learning to look outside itself for others to learn what it should think or feel instead of trusting his or her own feelings including the promised light of Christ. The occult now becomes the focus of control for the child's entire internal structure. Their masters are the ones who have the morality to say what is black and what is white and what is good and what is evil and when black is white and when evil is good. Many children so abused say that the memories of this abuse are stored inside them in actual black and white, as opposed to in color. To reinforce this, many of the rooms of occult members have floors that are made of black and white tiles, exactly like a chessboard. The child is, of course, the pawn, and has to take the steps ordained by the chess master, willing to fall to protect the king, priest, and idol, queen, bishop, noble, or property at all costs. This is reinforced in the child's mind as they step across the floor before being taken into the presence of their torturing king or queen, moved like a pawn. The other way this principle is reinforced is by creating the idea within the mind of the child that they are under constant surveillance. Hold that thought a moment, we'll come back to it. The truth is that torturing a child until they have no wants doesn't make them strong. It makes them hard and unempathetic towards others. That is the occult's definition of strength. <clears throat> Psychiatrists will tell you that the number one commonality in all pathological narcissists is growing up with a parent who always puts their needs and wants above the child's. The hyperdiligence that this creates in watching signs from others for survival is that the child learns to see all things in a way that pertain to them alone. In the animal kingdom, we might call this opportunism. Even when an animal steals a meal from another in order to feed their children, 
The act is about them being a good parent, and not necessarily their offspring's want or need. As said before, all of this creates a supervillagence, which is ultimately fear-based. Fear is faith in the occult. This kind of inner attitude is necessary to start wars, medically experiment on people, engage in slavery and human trafficking. Some say that some unfair, unempathetic act is just business, start a scam that hurts others, and basically break any or all of the Ten Commandments of God or the laws of Father Noah when they are told to want to. Again, this principle is useful in changing how a society functions too. Consider our global lockdown as an example. The removal of our global society's needs in isolation created a new want in the public. This is our new normal, we are told. We were repeatedly told that if we wanted to get back to mostly normal, because we are told there was no going completely back, we would need to participate in a new want. That want was to create herd immunity, get constant disease checks, accept health passports, get rid of tangible money, communicate all our self-editing thoughts on social media, and only want what we were told to want for the good of a greater society. All of this is based on fear because all of us needed to be hyper-vigilant. Do you see it? Anyone expressing the opposite of fear, faith in a good God, for example, to protect us, was beaten and mocked in some countries literally, but in most figuratively. We might call this shaming people. In terms of constant surveillance, this principle also is used on the public. In modernity, it started with Believe it or not. Once you do see it, you will not unsee it. It has been absolutely, on purpose, reinforced as the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Stupid Land. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> you may have noticed that I'm not all there myself. <laughs> and the more the great and powerful Oz in The Wizard of the Same Name. I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? Who are you? Zeus in Walt Disney's Fantasia, and most recently, Snoke's huge floating head in the popular Jedi saga. General, Supreme Leader Snoke is making contact from his ship. Excellent. I'll take it in my chambers. Ah, good. Supreme Leader. Ah! 
My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. They can't get away, Supreme Leader. All serve to reinforce the same teaching. You better watch out. Santa Claus is watching you, and you may or may not get that reward you want. That you want. In our modern one-mind-think, police state, we have been encouraged to give all our secrets away in a sort of farce book where our lives can be recorded and publicly shamed by peers and analyzed by governmental intelligence agencies. This has been actively encouraged, as warped as it is. Another story, something to get off my chest. My life gets kind of boring. Need something that I can confess. Oh God, amazing that we got this far. It's like we're chasing all those stars. Who's driving shiny big black cars? from me? Why don't you know what you want for yourself? Sure. You were told that you want to give all your secrets away. Then you can become an internet celebrity, because that is how you become a god today. A star. Remember the Watcher cult? Confess your sins to Farsbook and be healed, my child. Sadly, many religions try and scare their children too with, God is watching you, I know one fundamentalist Baptist child who was taught that at the moment he sinned or had an evil thought, he needed to quickly repent immediately or God would crush him with his huge, heavy Thor-like hammer, squish. Muslims are told that they would be literally turned to stone, with their butts up in the air, I suppose, if God sees them forgetting to pray five times a day. Some have tried to use God to shame others during our lockdown. These were the most sickening to me. Jesus would have worn a mask. Really? Go back and read your New Testament again this time, without your dunce cap on your head. Oh, boy! But, it's time to go. 
back through the water curtain. True Christians know that Jesus Christ is much more forgiving than we are taught. His New Testament clearly shows this. Our Creator does want us to ultimately want Him. But He is only interested in sincerity, and so is more than willing to wait at the door for us to knock and welcome Him in, when we are willing and want to receive Him. His greatest Son died to give us free will, and He will not take that away from us too quickly. So, knock yourself at the door and start the process. It takes faith to knock, but either way have no fear. The true God is a God of love, and He wants nothing but the best for you. We will have more on all of this. Fair Use Claim We are claiming fair use for the items in this podcast in which we do not own the copyright. United States law allows us to use items copyrighted by others in this podcast without their permission in the manner that we have under fair use. American courts have ruled that using another's copyrighted items in this manner is crucial when commenting and illustrating subject matter. Otherwise, news and commentary in the public discourse would be hindered, which is a violation of our constitutional rights, including our freedom of speech and freedom of the press, etc. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The Master's Mahon podcast will continue.